This morning's Dharma talk is titled, what is it titled? Oh, Hidden Triggers. You all know what a trigger is. That's the name of Roy Rogers' horse. <laughs> Some of you are saying, Roy who? It's an old cowboy from the 50s. <clears throat> so the, the common uh, metaphor for this is a mountain out of a molehill. You know, something happens, and then we have an intense reaction to that because we are, um, we are blindsided by uh, the emotions that are hidden away, are stuffed. Sometimes a modern psychological approach is repressed. Uh, in the Tibetan, not just Tibetan, but in the Buddhist tradition in general, especially the Yogacara tradition, the idea is that awareness is made up or consciousness is made up of several parts. One of them, the eighth consciousness, is called the Aliyavijnana, which is Sanskrit for storehouse consciousness, the awareness that is stored. So it's kind of an impartial storage area, and this is just a way of talking about it. It doesn't mean that, uh, that this is the way it is and everybody else needs to comply. You, you're in this area, as soon as, you, as soon as you get into the mental, mind, consciousness area, uh, then um, uh, opinions are pretty worthless. <clears throat> but what seems to be appearing or, or occurring, rather, is something occurs, we think something about it, or we react to it, or we do something, or we don't do something, or some kind of interaction with it based on, on uh, cause and effect, based on hope, hope, grasping, fear, running away, or the fear. Sometimes we see someone who's really angry, and if you look at them for a while, if, you're, if you have enough... Uh, understanding about who you are to be able to even uh, be that generous as to give your attention to what is actually happening with the other person rather than what you think is happening or what you've been told is happening or what you read about somewhere and now you're applying. If you operate out of your awareness, you won't know what the hell to do. Ego does not like that. An ego will do everything to get you to get back and know stuff on some level. Not necessary. Well, for ego, it's necessary. For your, your self-centeredness, it's necessary. For your reputation, it's necessary. For your pride, it's necessary. God, what if I was wrong? Do I look like Donald Trump when I do that? <laughs> hmm? Almost. I do. <laughs> but not enough to mistake me. Okay, that's the last comment I'm going to make on how I look. <laughs> Surprise. So the trigger idea is something happens. Nice tats. You got some new ones, no? I'm just getting old. I'm just getting old. Who? What? Sorry. Yeah. Did you say I'm just getting old? Don't you have something? I knew Davison would scold me. Thank you. So uh, nobody really wants the heat including the person sitting up here. This is choiceless for me to be here. I don't make a decision to teach. If you make a decision to teach, you probably should go back to being a student. This is what happens as soon as you, you, you actually become a, you, you reside behind the name of something. Everything just covers up. It's very difficult for you to see after that. A little bit, maybe. So the idea of the trigger is you're going along and something happens and you have a reaction. We have a reaction to it. And sometimes that reaction is relative to um, a very simple. This happens, then we do this. And this happens, then we do that. Uh, it's time to, we notice there's 
the gas tank is uh, in our car is down, so we go to the gas station. So there's just little, little slight things are happening all the time that reinforce the sense that we're separate from everything. And so we continue to function that way. Then, as I said earlier, we get blindsided by somebody says something or does something that may be rude or maybe um, uh, coming out of their uh, dissatisfaction, their uh, trapped anger or frustration with life, and they may possibly attack you. And instead of uh, instead of just being with your with the awareness that you are prioritizing, instead of seeing deeply into that person's situation and seeing they're attacking you because they're so frightened, because they're frightened and they they don't know that they, because they cover it up with anger or cover it up with blame. They did it. It's because of you that this is happening. But if it weren't for you, I wouldn't be feeling this way. It's a constant comment that goes on in our society, in our world, everywhere except perhaps in the Pleiades, where they don't have language. I don't believe anything I say. So what, what are we to do? We all know what this is. We all recognize uh, that situation. And what, what needs to be done with that is to, to have as much awareness in that area as possible so that that can play itself out. Because whatever is there, whatever's happening with you, whoever is getting triggered, whether it be maybe jealousy, maybe sometimes you're going along and, your reasonable mind, so to speak, is fine, but then somehow you start to be jealous of somebody, and it's you can see kind of uh, it's just unreasonable to feel this way. But there's this intense emotion that's coming up, that's like claws around your heart, and you're having this emotion. And then what do we do? We try to stop it. We we get aggressive with it, or we get passionate about it, and we try to what? Explain it. Explain it away. Blame something. Blame anything, but just. Be with it. Just let let it be what it is. Even that's going too far. If you're lecturing yourself and saying, I just have to let this be too much, that's extra. You have to do what you just described, not describe what you're trying to do. You have to actually do it. You have to actually, actually, I don't know how to say it other than you, you, you will know if you sit enough, if you sit down, hold still, and watch what moves long enough, eventually the awareness, which is totally not a phenomena, will begin to see deeply uh, through, out of and through all of your sense fields, including the mind. It will be, begin to see and understand rather than grasp and retract and blame and accuse, so on. Triggers of the mind. Triggers that I, probably everyone in here could maybe think of something that's happened in the last week, two weeks, three weeks. Now, maybe something that happened last year that you're still dealing with because it was such an intense reaction that really doesn't make any sense. If you have uh, uh, any kind of in intense uh, feeling with, it, with no particular story around it, that's how I got into this situation is by being extremely angry and without knowing why. I mean, I could go back and say, well, it's because I had a really mean stepfather. Yeah, he was. Uh, he knew where the triggers were. Yes. Um, you just said that we might be able to look at a situation and see that our reaction doesn't make sense, mm -hmm. but oftentimes we'll make it make sense. Yes. So um, how do we begin to see or distinguish between you know, the idea of logic and being triggered? So it seems that we have to just see that we're, when something arises, instead of staying with the texture of that, to have textured anything, there needs to be space. The space is like nothing, but then what arises in the space is like something, like carpeting has a nap, a very simple kind of uh, image, but it's, it's like that. 
to go into something and see what how it actually feels takes a lot of courage because it's a it's a frightening place for our self-centeredness for our ego to to go into that kind of darkness with the idea of i want to understand what this is that's the intention i want to it's you almost have to say to yourself i don't care if this uh, my life comes to an end i'm not saying one has to one should get suicidal but a little bit say let's actually let's actually treat our mind as if it were a forest a forest where we need to go in and we need to find out who we are we need to find out who we are we need to make friends with ourselves deeply and that's down in here somewhere you're not going to get to that by by dropping out of the mind and going immediately to the gut you're going to have to come up from the gut into the heart and drop down out of the mind into the heart without this nothing is really understood it's just hope and fear, or it's, I like it, I don't like it, it's good, it's bad, I shouldn't, they shouldn't, they shouldn't have done that, I shouldn't have done that, I should be this way, I should be this way, they shouldn't be that way, they shouldn't do that, he shouldn't do that. Interesting thing about this, even if you have some, you know, if there's something correct about it, like someone does like what you were saying, and you have there's some kind of reasonable, logical situation, the idea that it's the grasping, the fixation that is a problem, not the understanding that sees that this person is doing this or I am doing this and there's there is a kind of logic that operates there but it doesn't necessarily have to be be reinforced by some kind of self that needs protecting if you feel like you need to be advanced ego if you feel like you need to be protected ego on some level and we're not trying to get rid of the ego ego is unreal but it needs to be seen otherwise we just live our whole life out of fear more um. What is the cause and what is the effect if we don't hook them up? <clears throat> well, uh, it becomes rather causeless. Maybe not completely, but it, the whole, the whole, uh, all of the agenda around the whole, all of the intention that, that might have been there just starts to die away because it's not being fueled by fear. It's not being fueled by hope. It's not being fueled by uh, the second noble truth of the Buddha, uh, desire. It's not that the desire isn't there. It's just that it's not being fluffed up or cranked up or validated or validated or refueled. What was the other part of the question? Just trying to see what it is. That which is being triggered, like me, and the trigger, and what they are not, you're not looking at as, oh, this is causing this. Like if there's a way to look at those as just... Yes. If you do nothing with it, there will be a feeling of not knowing, perhaps for a long time, and that will get stronger. The ability to be, to just be in this world and not know is uh, powerful because most individual people, the, 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 what we look like uh, when we're all broken down into parts like this, I call human beings just because it's, you know, even though I like to name things, I'm not going to bother to rename human beings. Uh, one more thing about what I'm going to say and then I'll get to your question. Never mind. Go ahead. I was just going to say, is it more of a <clears throat> knowing eventually who you are and kind of coming to acceptance and then not being affected by everything that's yeah. around you? Not exactly. It's not uh, that knowing who you are doesn't mean you're accepting yourself. It might be more like you're not accepting, rejecting, you're doing nothing with that. You're also not ignoring it. And there is a sense of not really knowing what that is. And so you may have, uh, if when this uh, happens or when this occurs, if in fact it does, you may you may still have negative feelings, positive feelings coming go this way and that way and coming through your uh, consciousness, but they the the negativity won't be able to find a what self. It won't find a person that can have these feelings. The feelings come, 
but they're without uh, an identity. They may to, uh, um, uh, talk a little bit more about that image. They may be like looking for something to hang on to. You'd say it that way, but they can't find anyone, so they 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 die out. There's no guarantee. They may hang around for a year, three and a half months. They may hang around. So, but the ego mind wants to go in and say this isn't working. It's like sitting meditation. When I teach people to meditate, if people come to me and ask me about it, uh, one of the things I might say, if it looks like they're kind of tentative about the whole thing, I say, give it a year. You know, you're 22, 38, 56, or whatever year, you got a year, meditate for a year. So do this, do it this way for a while, see how that goes. And then uh, it takes a long time to do this. This is why it's difficult because someone can do this for a few years and not really feel like they're making a lot of progress. That's actually progress. Yes. What is it that's being triggered? Uh, so it's a complicated situation and it's been talked about lots of different ways, but the way I would say in response to what you're asking about is <clears throat> there is a grasping at a self, at some kind of being that I am. I am, we give ourselves names, we describe ourselves, the common way in a conversation we'll even say as we're talking, well, I've always felt this way, or I've always been the kind of person who likes uh, to take the winter off and get unemployment or, you know, just various, I've always been that kind of a, I've been the kind of person who likes to take naps. We're always describing some kind of being that's uh, changing and fluctuating all the time, yet we keep bringing it to, back together with some kind of a, a description. And then if you have, uh, if you add on to that, the deep consciousness, uh, Aliyah Vijnana, the storehouse consciousness, where it seems that whatever happens here uh, gets um, the word that was used even in ancient times that this area was perfumed because it's a very light, almost invisible kind of thing that where something happens and then some kind of memory of that starts to be built up and especially seems to be built up if the person that is going through this is shutting down on something. It looks like it's probably being built up because there's a refusal to completely live who you are to be completely, to congeal into some kind of separate self who doesn't like that, likes this, and it's not gonna, and I'm not about to do that. A person who has these interior conversations on the assumption, what? That they're a separate being. If you think you're a separate being, you'll function like a separate being. You'll have your own little dictatorship and their own little ego uh, um, political system going on. Uh, my teacher, Trungpa Rinpoche, called it a paranoid insurance policy. <laughs> The, the thinking there's a there might be danger, so I'm just going to suck up into me, me, and my opinions, my ideas, what I should do, what I shouldn't do, what I should stay away from, what I should go towards. A whole uh, philosophy and psychology based on hope and fear. And if you don't understand what I mean by hope and fear, there's lots of room for questions. I have all kinds of things to say, but I would rather respond to your question about it. Yes, Davison. Do you consider hope and expectations? Somewhat, yes. They're similar. If they were the same, we just have the same word. But there's a little bit. There's hope is kind of uh, you could say kind of like wishing for something else or wishing for some ideal thing, and then expectation is tied in with the mechanics of what are actually happening. Saying, "Well, I'm expecting the weather to change." I mean, it's of course it's Michigan, so good luck. You know, so the <coughs> expectation based on on the on the on the trajectory or the or the um, or the um, um, uh, what is that other word that means something is going somewhere and, and it just goes by itself? I like that one. That's not it. But I like <laughs> it. Yeah, momentum or or just uh, the, it's already happening. If something drops, uh, it has some kind of a, 
is pulled towards the center of the earth and then when the carpeting stops it. I mean, it was headed on a journey to the center of the earth. I mean, how disappointing for the, whoever it was, rabbit's foot. Yes. So. I like that. I like that. See what Diana did? She said, so. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so if I'm understanding correctly, to when emotions pop up, if we take ownership of those, you mean like control Nope, nope. I can stop you right now. Do I have permission to stop you? Yeah. Okay. Now you can continue. So, <laughs> reaching awareness is whenever we can just sit inside an emotion rather than take ownership. Almost. It's like, it, because you're still, there's still a lot of intellect operating there. It's a situation where I can be with the emotion and then rather, uh, rather than, and so there's some kind of a, politicking going on. Politics of experience are probably the most difficult kinds of politics. So more, more. What else? You can say, so well... Is reaching awareness almost freedom? Uh, freedom, um, freedom in relative term is usually used as freedom to do something or freedom from something. Mm -hmm. But just just complete freedom doesn't have a reference point. It's even, it's even somewhat uh, suspicious to call it freedom. But that's a language that ego understands. So the teaching person if they, he, she, they, are trying to help someone liberate themselves from their craziness, then you might use that word. It really, if you're, if you're liberated, uh, uh, you're just, it's just kind of ordinary. You just, you just, you're just direct about everything. And you won't know it. You won't feel necessarily, you only feel liberated when you're around people that are nuts. <laughs> Then you feel pretty good. But you also want to help them. If, if they'll let you, you might look in their eyes, you might see they want help, but they want it on their terms. They want to know it this way. They want you to use this method to, to help them. Okay, I'm ready to, for the help now. But for someone to actually come in, this is why Buddhism is such a powerful teaching tool, such a powerful spiritual path, because you won't really know this unless you practice it, because if you just look at it, there's so many concepts floating around. But the, the, the help that you would get is kind of like no help. It's like you come to someone who is, looks kind of impressive and wears wings and sits next to a, you know, even bigger thing, uh, acts like they're knowledgeable, and you think, well, okay, and then you find out the person doesn't help you. I know I had two of them, a Tibetan and a Japanese Zen master. They, they both helped me and didn't help me. You have a further question about, that's a, that's a good area. Can you, can you ask more about that, uh, the emotion that's over here and, the, and the, the, the consciousness that's over here that's just trying to separate from the emotion? I just don't Okay, I'll, I'll, let me help you a little bit. The way it's actually done is you see it so clearly that you no longer fight with it. Make peace with yourself. Yes, my dear. Make peace with yourself. And how do you do that? You have to look at the warfare. Don't, don't, don't add to the warfare. Don't go to war with warfare. Sit down, hold still, and see the witness. See, see the, the warfare. If you look at the warfare enough, if everyone in the world could see what is happening in the world, we'd all just relax, and we'd probably get somebody to make pie. You just take it easy. Good luck. Sit a lot. Whatever you do, wherever you go, I know you're going headed in another direction at some point. Please train your mind. You don't have to be a Buddhist. Sit down, hold still, look at the wall, and don't add. Do no more math. Don't figure anything out. There's nothing to figure out. If you think there's something to figure out, 
circular. It's like you might as well get up, get on a merry-go-round and jump on there and say, I'm figuring things out, I'm figuring things out, I'm figuring <laughs> things out, I'm figuring things out. Almost there, almost there. The scenery's going by really fast. Good luck. Further questions? <clears throat> so quite often the trigger situation will happen with our, it could happen in your environment, your job environment. It could happen with your with your somebody that's really close, your family. Sometimes there's really intense triggers between family members and they, you know, I don't want to get off into some kind of a thing about past lives and so on, but something like that is happening. Uh, I, sometimes I think the word past is ex extra. It just, it's just lives. Past and future is a, might be helpful to ego, but everything is here. Everything is happening right now. Nothing's happening anywhere else. It's happening right now, right here. This is it. Look at it. Look at it and don't add to it. Don't subtract from it. Passion, aggression. And for God's sake, don't look away from it. And how do we look away? You name it. There's probably, I think the last time I counted, there was 1,852,000 1, ways of just, no, I think it's a little more than that, of actually distracting yourself from the very thing you should be looking at. Starting out with beer, that helps. Um, playing with your dog, um, staring at trees. Those are real soft ones. Then there's the other ones that are much more dangerous. But you have to see that those, the very soft ones, are also distraction. It's like uh, the same way I talk about if you want to work with uh, generosity, start with the very smallest, kind, teeny kind of generosity. What is that? Give. And what do you give? Your attention. And give it to everything. Give, if, you're, if you're giving your attention to something, you won't be thinking about it because you're receiving the color black, the color blue, color red. You're receiving, receiving, receiving sound, smells, taste, touch. There's where the liberation is. As a human being, you're not actually a human being, but you have to realize that. It's not an idea that you convince someone of. It's not uh, Friedrich Nietzsche. But, um, what is a distraction? Well, last night, about three in the morning, I was out to the kitchen and I was headed out to get, I think I was going to go wax my hand. Yeah, I do that quite often. And there was a mouse on the stove running back and forth under the tea kettle. And there's a mouse, a live mouse trap right next to it. And that distracted me so much that I went back and sat back down. I forgot that what I was going out there was to wax my hand to, because of my tendonitis. That's a distraction. Would you like a more philosophical one? Direct question, please. But that, that is a distraction. I mean, you're going to do something and something, when you get older, it's even more difficult to remember what your original trajectory was. Well, Sheldon from Union City asks, <clears throat> if the world is functioning out of hope and fear, what is the difficulty in the world seeing they are making this mistake? What? I'm not following that. If the idea. world is functioning out of hope and fear, yes. what is the difficulty in the world seeing they are making this mistake? They're not training their mind. They're, they're, it's a very good question. What's happening is we get the slightest movement. We get, we get, uh, uh, we get entrained. We get in a trance. Everything is, we're being entranced. Even meditation is a trance. Is sitting here listening to me is a trance. I'm being entrained by my own thought patterns. There's, there's some kind of a an attachment when that gets really intense, and we call it hypnosis. So what's happening with the world is the world is entranced by whatever it's doing. It's magnetized by beautiful things, tasty things, tempting things, power situations. It's, it wants something else. The second noble truth of the Buddha. Well, the first noble truth is life is difficult suffering and uh, uh, in pain on some level, in some way. 
all the time, the whole world. Being a human being, the Buddha, the first words out of his mouth, as far as we know, I wasn't there, was life is suffering, life is difficult. And then why? This is the Four Noble Truths. The second one is why? Because it wants something else. Whatever is happening doesn't want that. It wants something else. And that's there. the whole thing starts to be one lamination after another, of not wanting, not wanting, not liking. And it creates an artificial self, an artificial uh, identity that wants something different, wants something else. And then the third one, according to the teachings, is this... Uh, this can come to an end. This doesn't have to keep going. And that's the third one, Niroda. And then the fourth one, or Marga, the path, is uh, Shila Samadhi and Prajna is the way I say it. Discipline yourself or do the right thing. Sit down. Hold still. This is a uh, Samadhi. See, see this. See that it's not separate. See that what is happening, that your consciousness is, whatever is arising in consciousness is not separate from the consciousness itself. And then the last one, is uh, wisdom or prajna or jnana or see that the world is not nothing is separate from anything else anywhere there are no separate beings anywhere the other word for that that was just brought up is freedom yes i was just gonna ask is there uh evil is evil real or is there something or someone that's after your peace <clears throat> so basically according to my teacher and i tend to uh, feel i would say it the same way that everything is basically good there's, there's, there's just the sun. There's just the sunlight. There's just light. And then, but when you have light, if you've got phenomena coming up in, in the light that is grasped, then you have darkness or shadow. Very simple visual metaphor. But don't fight with anything. Even, even the so-called evil needs help. And it will, you can negotiate with that. Especially if you don't operate out. If you're afraid, it's got you. But if you're not afraid, if you if you have uh, you know I guess that's the closest that a Buddhist would come to trust is fearlessness. It's like saying there isn't anyone. So you can't. Uh, as been said before, if you're, there isn't anyone, who, who's who's in danger? No one. I'm not saying you're not in danger if you're walking in front of a truck. It doesn't make you able to walk across the road uh, physically and be not be in danger. But fundamentally, <laughs> you're not in danger. And so anything that shows up as evil or or monstrous, if it's been working on that for a long time, if it actually is what's commonly called a demon, which is possible, something could be that uh, difficult. Uh, just, I mean, I'm not saying uh, join its little club of Satanism or whatever it might be, but don't take your eyes off of it. Don't, don't accept it. Don't reject, don't reject it. That's the misunderstanding is we think we have to fight evil. What? Nah, don't do that. You also don't have to beg for its help. Yes? Indians always been, uh, some of the rituals I believe it was, um, you know, laying off all people who pass and they're passing yes. the next world. Maitri Bhavana. What is the next world? This one. There's, it's, it's not two. It's non-duality. There's both another world and there's this world, and they're not two. So you, you actually can transcend this world while you're in it. You'll still be here. You still have human form, supposedly. And, and this, but you, but you're, but too much is made of when the body stops. You think that you're coming to an end? Then you better find out who you are. Because you can't come to an end. You can't. There's no way you can come to an end. Because you ha why? You haven't begun. We're not saying the body hasn't begun. Sure, there was a baby. Remember that? Remember your... <laughs> you know, like a little ball of squeaks. <laughs> yeah, and then people come, oh, <laughs> <the> thing. <coughs> 
take care of the little baby. And then the baby gets older and then slowly, because of its particular, what would we say, karma, it can go any direction. And what should be supported? Support that being to see the truth themselves, not to join your club. It's tempting when we think we're onto something. I know when I was uh, 40 some years ago, when I had very young children, it's tempting to want them to practice meditation because that's something I just stumbled into. But I managed not to do much in that area. Therefore, I have five extremely independent adults. Yes. Uh, Shane from California has a question, and then um, we're going to have to move on. Actually, he has a four-part question. <laughs> Shane. <laughs> I'll read all four, then I'll go back. Yes, go ahead. What comes out of a Dharma gate when it opens? What causes it to close? Does whatever is in there eventually work itself out? Or does it no longer matter once one is realized? Yes. All of those, all, I'm not just being silly, all of those could apply. And I wouldn't take away Shane's way of working with that. Shane is very uh, intellectual. It's not a compliment. It's a description. He's very, works with concepts. And many people do. And some people are just totally work with emotion, intuition, and are operating in a different uh, way. So in, in uh, Shane's situation, to respond to Shane, Directly, yes, you, you might have to go through those kinds of things. The idea with a Dharma gate, for those of you who uh, may have not heard that, a Dharma gate is something that happens or something that comes up in your life that if you're a practitioner, if you're a student of the Buddha's Dharma, the Buddha's truth, then whatever, if some negative thing happens like you, let's make it extreme, something you lose your job, then that's a Dharma gate for you. That's a way to understand the way the world is working, and that's part of your karma. Not that it should happen, not that it shouldn't happen, not that you need to look for some kind of blame. We're not talking about the, the relative the way usually well, that's your karma. Well, that's bad karma. That's good karma. This is, this is a very, this is sixth grade understanding of karma. To understand karma is just action and it's just action reaction. This happens and it bounces off that. But it's so complicated to go there. It's like standing, as I used the metaphor before, it's like standing at the, at the mouth of the Amazon and blaming one of the tributaries or what, what, you know, it's their, it's that, that one right there is their fault. How about all these other ones? Well, no, they just copied them. You know, I mean, you can't, you can, those metaphors only go so far, but they might go far enough to help you see that it's weight. It's just so vast. Please understand this. Whatever you're looking at right now, not just this person, but that computer, that, this altar, these screens, everything, and all the things that are rising, all of your six, uh, your six sense fields, including the feeling of gravity pulling you down and giving you this apparent present moment. Don't ignore that. Include, include, include. Don't exclude anything. Those are the two includes. Don't exclude. What's the other one? Yeah. What? We have to do what? <laughs> okay. Okay. So I'd also like to remind everybody that we do have donation boxes in the hallway and we rely on and appreciate your financial support and whatever you may help us with. May merit this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's ways.